I just gotta find my little intro spiel. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Leaders Podcast. My name is Matt Santos. Uh, this show is where we talk about the philosophy and psychology of different leaders. Uh, today on the show, we have Cole Baker. And Cole is the former VP external for the Students' Union of McEwen University. She is also now the user acquisition manager at Dive Through, which we're going to be talking about in a bit. Uh, and she's also the marketing and business development person <laughs> at Keldar Leadership. And she does some volunteering. And I guess she also speaks French and Japanese. Is that right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> so can you say like hello in Japanese? <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Uh, okay. But yeah, hey, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, working through the feelings and the processes of living through a global pandemic. But, you know, I'm doing well considering. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of um, everybody's coping, but it's in kind of the back of everybody's mind. And, uh, you know, it's not something that I consciously think about every minute, but it's just a little bit of stress kind of kind of going on in the background. So, yeah. Um, uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. I know we met uh, for coffee just kind of at school last year sometime and you do a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> like you do a lot. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to know, you know, what motivates you to do all this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Super excited for your podcast. Um, so what, what gives me that drive? Uh, I think a really important part of recognizing drive is meeting yourself where you're at and recognizing your own needs and capacities. Um, because not everyone has the capacity to take everything on at once and that's totally okay. Um, I'm just fortunate that I have a larger capacity to do things. So I'm just blessed in that sense. Um, and my drive is really um, promoted by my passion. I'm passionate about a plethora of things. I'm passionate about volunteering, uh, sustainability, politics, uh, and just really overall. Coffee. It, yeah, coffee. Oh my gosh, coffee. Yes, Matt. Uh, but I guess the overarching thing for me is connecting with others and engaging with others. And that's what really drives me. And I think we, we have a similar motivator. Uh, we like to go out, we like to meet people, uh, take different opportunities. But something I'm always conscious of is a burnout because oh my gosh burnout is real mm. uh, and I always want to acknowledge where I'm at so that way I know if I can take something on so I think that kind of is where it all comes from is what I would say how do you do that like how you take that time to kind of do that self-reflection okay so this is like years in the making here, Matt. So uh, I am passionate about time management. Everyone says this, I live by my calendar, but like I genuinely do. And what I've done is actually, uh, I did this uh, exercise a while back. Uh, it's a really great seminar if you ever get to take it. Um, but what you do is you draw out like uh, a clock and you have all your hours put down. And we have hours we're more productive in. We have hours that we just feel exhausted. We have to book off time for lunch and time for self-care. So I will holistically look at a clock and I will write down on my piece of paper my hours that I'm most productive. And based off of that, I can plan my day. And if I don't have any more productive hours left and someone's asked me to do something, that's kind of where I know my threshold is at because I'm going to be exhausted and probably less motivated the next day to get up and keep going again. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
so and obviously you've been working at this for years and during that time you've kind of worked your way up uh through school like we met through McEwen university and um and you worked your way up through university to the vp external so can you tell me what that journey was like yeah, absolutely. So I guess for context, I'm a fifth year Bachelor of Commerce student. I majored in international business and I minor in political science. Um, prior to my job at VPX, as VP External, I worked as the coordinator for the McEwen Ambassador Program. So I trained uh, the McEwen Ambassadors on interpersonal skills, uh, professional skills, public speaking, et cetera, et cetera, uh, while also just developing a fun curriculum. Uh, and then from there, uh, I decided I wanted to take the leap and uh, go for VP external. Um, and this is an elected position, so you have to run. Very scary. Your face gets plastered around the university and everyone has to vote. Uh, it's very intimidating, um, but definitely worth it. I encourage yeah. anybody who's listening, uh, if, if you've even thought about student politics in any capacity, do it, do it, you grow so much. Um, but as VP external, uh, what, what that job entails is uh, you are advocating on behalf of students. So you're advocating on behalf of 20,000 students to municipal, provincial and federal government, all the while collaborating with other institutions and sharing best practices. So uh, it's a very important role, especially uh, in the political climate we're living in with a lot of uncertainty for post-secondary students. Um, but I guess kind of uh, my, my journey there is uh, kind of a natural progression of once again, being motivated and that drive to get there, right? Um, and I'm passionate about politics, as I've mentioned before, and I'm passionate about engaging and connecting with people. And this job kind of seemed to uh, encompass all of that. Yeah, so uh, I know that like, for me personally, I'm not very interested in politics just because I know how uh, messy it can get. And I know um, we had that we had a chat actually last year about like some uh, some troubles and and you know people were, in my opinion, unfairly kind of treating you guys. So can you tell me, like as part of the leadership team, how you dealt with that? Yeah. Well. Oh my goodness. This past year for our. <laughs> I don't know how much I, detail you want to get into. <laughs> I won't go into it that much. I'll kind of go over like the theme of the year, uh, which is unprecedented, right? Um, I started my year coming off of a provincial election. Uh, we had a federal election at the end of the year. Uh, I had a global pandemic. So um, this year was truly unprecedented. And all the while, um, as I mentioned before, post-secondary students have been very concerned about a lot of what's going on provincially when it comes to, uh, you know, budget cuts for institutions. And people are worried about, uh, you know, cost of tuition. Um, they're worried about uh, programs and services being cut at the uh, institutional level. Um, and so when we see people uh, get anxious or, or nervous or are confused or angry, they like to direct it at someone. And me, being the front-facing person, uh, people get mad at me. And you know what? Like, I need to recognize that somebody is having these feelings and they need to get it out in some capacity. And I was ha like, at first it was really hard for me because I was doing everything in my power to make sure these students were heard. I was saying those tough things in the room. I was asking those tough questions, engaging with the right stakeholders. Um, but at the end of the day, um, not a lot of people know what I do. They just know that I'm a front-facing person and I work with politics. And at the end of the day, uh, the Students Association of McEwen University is nonpartisan. 
So that doesn't mean apolitical. We can still take a stand when it comes to we like this or, or I'm not like this. Um, but we are nonpartisan and we represent a breadth of students, right? Um, and you can never make everyone happy. And I think that's the sum up of, of what happened this year is um, you can try your hardest, but you will never make everyone happy. And, and that's okay. And that was yeah. a huge lesson for me, Matt. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I remember kind of chatting about it with you and it seemed like no matter what you did, somebody's going to get upset. Somebody's going to kind of take it out on you and which is awful in my opinion. And, you know, but hopefully you didn't take it too personally. No, like I said, like, it's just, it's just somebody has this anger and this, you know, tension and they just want to get it out on someone. And I even approached some of the people who, who talked to me about it. And I was like, you know what, like, thank you for coming forward. Um, and this isn't always the best thing. You don't always engage like the haters and trolls, but this one person was very upset. And I was like, you know what, I really want to get to the crux of, of why, why you're upset. Um, and so I, I invited them for a call, a conversation, a sit down, a coffee um, to kind of talk about what in the future would be better uh, in terms of my representing them, you know? Um, and they came back with uh, a handful of swears, uh, you know, just anger and animosity. And, and that was like the TSN turning point for me uh, because I was like, oh, shoot, like this person's just angry and they're right. angry with the situation. They're not angry with me. They're angry yeah. with the situation. And if they knew what I was actually doing, they'd probably actually be very happy with me. Yeah. Like, oh, great. This is like, you're just being mad just to be mad. You're not mad at me or whatever yeah. yeah um but that i think you hit something really uh, important there where sometimes like you have to make decisions that n not everybody's going to be good with and you just kind of have to roll with it um, mm -hmm. so i guess uh, kind of moving on to my next kind of question so in your mind what is being a good leader like what kind of leader are you yeah um I think a good leader uh, needs to communicate very clearly, uh, fosters relationships, uh, is very genuine, upfront and honest. I think that's very key. Um, develops others uh, and uh, provides space for others. And so what I mean by all that is, and it comes down to communication at the end of the day and fostering that relationship a little bit, is that I, in my opinion, a leader is somebody who uh, leads uh, and also does. So you can have someone who's you know, a bit more autocratic and, and says this, um, but a little motivated, right? Um, so a leader Sorry, should be doing this. Sorry, I think our internet connection just kind of bugged out there. Can you repeat oh, no. that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, for sure. Um, I was just saying that the kind of list I gave, um, all encapsulating, is kind of targeted towards that clear communication and fostering those relationships and development. Um, and so I strongly believe that a leader uh, needs to lead up kind of from behind, but also just in tandem is what I would say. Mm -hmm. um, because you want to make sure that you, your, your folks feel comfortable to air uh, their concerns, uh, that you're actually doing stuff that provides benefit and that they are also uh, garnering learner learnings from. 
Um, because sometimes you get an autocratic leader and I'm guilty of this. I, I can be like, let's do this. Let's go. Come on. Uh, and that's usually when it's a time crunch, but everyone kind of can get that way. But I think a good leader takes a moment to recognize the people in their team, delegates tasks, instills trust and communicates very clearly because uh, as we've seen time and time again, poor communication is like the crux of so many issues. Um, and if you are a leader, you have to have strong communication skills, uh, in my opinion. Would you say um, that's like the most important thing? Yeah, I, in my yeah. in my mind, for sure. Um, because there's been so many blunders uh, over the years, over millennia of people just miscommunicating and it turning into uh, wars, turning into disputes, uh, relationships ending. Uh, and you want to make sure that communication is clear, expectations are clear, and that you're fostering development. Um, when it comes to my leadership, I kind of view it as um, shared leadership is what I would say. I really like to empower others through tasks. I find, and this also comes back to the time management because at the end of the day you cannot do it all uh delegate 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 uh delegation also uh instills trust and empowers the folks around you so if you're in a leadership position share your leadership position in my opinion um and i i, I know leadership from behind is, is a popular kind of phrase um but i don't necessarily like how that's worded uh, because when you're behind it almost makes it seem like you're distant from your team right um, and, and sometimes when you remove yourself from your team in that capacity it can give the impression that like you feel like you're better than someone you don't have to do that because uh, you, you've already done that right um, whereas if you're you're using shared leadership you're going through things together you're working through things together and you have a joint investment at the task at hand um, but like I said sometimes I'm totally authoritative authoritative uh, and it's not good and that's something I recognize about myself uh, because sometimes I can see that clear path and I want to get there but I also need to recognize that pr uh, process and it's really made me appreciate different perspectives uh, and kind of uh, incorporate everyone around me yeah I think sometimes you you have to be like you sometimes there is there are times when it's you have an event happening and there is no time to kind of sit around and chat it's like no no like we have to get this this and this done now please and Can I that's give an it example? sure yeah okay so i've had this happen twice like the past i would say four months because it's been really stressful times yeah uh, but uh, i think once again it was a necessary time for example when i was the vice president external at samu um i was the one who had to decide to shut down the building due to covid19 uh and that oh, really? was a tough decision uh, it wasn't popular at the uh, time. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I had to make the executive decision to, to shut it down for, for public safety. Um, and, and nobody's going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, well, we shut down, I believe, before McEwen. So we kind of took leadership on that the, the, yeah. as the university. Because, of course, uh, Sam, you and McEwen are separate. So we're different organizations. So we don't operate at the same time. But uh, it was that was a tough call. But I was like, I had to be a bit authoritative. I had to be like, mm, we're shutting this down. I'm sorry, student safety comes first. Yeah. Uh, and then also uh, with, with COVID-19, it's presented so many challenges and it's brought out different parts of me for sure. Uh, <laughs> but convocation was canceled for our students, um, which is unfortunate because a lot of other institutions have postponed it. Um, mm -hmm. Because for students, crossing that stage is such a monumental moment and I, uh, started a campaign within a matter of days and I got students to tell me their stories and we had hundreds and hundreds of students sign on to this and then I was able to go to the leadership of McEwen and be like 
listen, this is a concern. People want a stage to cross. It's more than just a moment. This is, this is like years and years of buildup. This is for some people, um, the even action of attending post-secondary is going against years and years and generations of intergenerational trauma. Uh, and this is a very important moment for them. Uh, so I, we don't know the outcome yet of that, uh, but that was a moment where I was like, nope, we're doing a campaign. We're making sure these student voices are heard. Uh, so sometimes it's important to be authoritative, but it's also recognizing that you can't do it all the time, which is something I, I deal with a lot. For sure. <laughs> and you're so nice about it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's like, I'll be actually graduating, uh, I guess this fall technically. Uh, but I know uh, definitely a few people in my cohort that I know one person in particular that comes to mind that he's been going to school part-time for 10 years to get his degree and not having and like that little piece I mean he's an adult I mean he can live without it but I but it's still important and it's still that kind of like feather in the cap um, <clears throat> so I hope that you guys can get something off the ground. Um, yeah, I, I hope I hope it continues on. I hope I hope they take that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in the meantime, you've been kind of like moving on and moving up. Um, you've, you're working at Dive Through, and you're working at Keldar Leadership. Um, can you, I guess, first, can you name a person that's had like kind of a an impact on you as a leader? Like, do you have a mentor? Uh, what have you learned from them? Yeah, this is a really great question. Uh, when I saw you were going to ask me this, I, uh, <laughs> I had to really think. No, well, I, I, uh, I had to really think. I, um, it's hard because I feel like there's a lot of people who've been influential in my life, but not to the point where it's been a direct, you know, mentor-mentee relationship. And that is genuinely something I crave. So if you have any suggestions, but <laughs> um, I guess uh, what I would say, and this is probably a really corny answer, but it would have to be my parents. Um, they are very engaged. They're super motivated. And I think um, a lot of my work ethic derives from their parenting style. And I'm so grateful for the way that they've raised me. Uh, and, and so I can you know, manage a lot of uh, things at the same time and be successful at the same time. Um, and I attribute that a lot to, to them uh, and, and looking at them modeling uh, what I want my leadership to look like. But when it comes to a direct mentor, um, I don't necessarily have one and I, I would, I would love one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, like mentors can be a lot of people, like your parents, of course, are going to guide you. Uh, mm -hmm. But even like a peer to peer kind of mentorship and just like being like, Oh, Hey, what are you up to? Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, for me, I have, I have a few uh, for different yeah. things and, and it's been, ultra like I can't even describe the value that it's brought to me even in just the last year um so yeah get one <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hear you I hear you what who's one of your mentors um I have like I guess a few for for kind of different things um like I have um somebody Michelle who I'm having on the show here as well and he's been kind of my marketing mentor as I move into that industry um, I've had a couple really great professor mentors through McEwen that, um, 
that I still meet for coffee every once in a while, virtually now. Um, and I have uh, another couple of business mentors that are, you know, doing their own thing. They've kind of paved their own way and now I'm learning from them as well. Um, and each of them have just added to my skill set, added to my like ability to interact with people. It's, it's been amazing and I can't thank them enough ever. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so can you tell me like what you're doing now? Like, tell me about your work with Dive Through. Tell me about your work with, with Keldar. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start with um, Dive Through. So it's actually a volunteer position, um, but uh, it, I'm a user acquisition manager and I focus on mental health professionals um, in that sector. And so what Dive Through is, is a... Uh, I have the app. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Please download the app if you're listening to this. It's honestly incredible. And that's just a genuine, a genuine plug. Um, <laughs> so dive through helps, all good. Yeah. It helps <laughs> you dive through what you go through. So it's a mental health app and everything on the app is created by mental health professionals. Um, and so it's, it's a journaling app and it's guided journaling and there's different levels of, of your dive. So there's like a deep dive if you want to really delve into something. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a really incredible tool. Um, and it uses pen to paper journaling, which is proven to be, uh, you know, way, way better than just, uh, journaling on an app, which is a bit more popular nowadays. Um, it's really, I've used it probably every day or every other day during the pandemic. Uh, and what's really great is that it's actually been made free. Like the full version is available for free um, because of COVID-19. Uh, and the founder, Sophie Gray, is, is truly incredible. Um, she, she is an inspiration for me, for sure. Um, and she really centers uh, mental health, mental well-being, meeting people where they're at. Um, and, and that just is proven by simply making the app free, like the full version. Um, but my job is, is uh, pretty basic. I, I reach out to folks and I, uh, I engage mental health professionals to see if um, they would be interested in using it, promoting it on their channels, reviewing the app, um, and making sure that uh, you know, folks know that it's out there because it's relatively new. Uh, How long has it been around? Yeah, so I think uh, it was founded, I believe, in 2017, but the app has really just started to gain traction in this past year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's still in its infancy, but it's truly an incredible app. And you wouldn't think that by looking at it. It's really well thought out, in my opinion. Um, so I'm working there. Uh, it's an awesome team. Uh, the, I believe the entire team are femme leaders, which is incredible to work with some empowered women uh, on my team, which is really, really great. Yeah, I'm just I'm just jotting it down actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um with Keldar Leadership, that's my full job. Uh and uh I'm a marketing and business development specialist <laughs> or sure. person as, as uh, Matt says. Yeah. Um, but uh marketing Thanks. uh business development specialist. So Keldar Leadership is an incredible organization. It's a um, basically focusing on, uh, you know, uh, it's a consulting firm essentially. Uh, but what I'm doing is they've recently taken on e-learning, which is really great. So a lot of small to medium enterprises don't have a learning management system uh, for their HR. Um, and what this e-learning provides is a plethora of skills uh, because during this pandemic, uh, it's kind of difficult to provide your professional development um, and uh, onboarding, 
and just a plethora of things. You know, you just have continuous learning. You'd have those professional development days. Um, and this e-learning uh, is honestly really well done. Um, and my job is to uh, develop the marketing and strategy surrounding the e-learning while also uh, revamping the organization's social media as that's kind of one of my specialties uh, as well. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm doing there. Uh, also just some smaller medial tasks as well, but the bulk of it is uh, the business development plan as well as the marketing plan. And I've really enjoyed doing that. It's been really great. I don't know about you, Matt, but like whenever I get a job that I can incorporate my skills that I develop during university, like it's always really exciting to me uh, to see how on paper something works out and then how in practice something works out. So yeah. um, it's been really rewarding. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, and I think, well, I mean, this is the leader's podcast, I guess. <laughs> like, of course, it's interesting to me. Uh, and such an important kind of thing for organizations to get, uh, get behind and get learning. Um, <clears throat> so I guess, so what is like the best thing or what makes you the most proud about your work? Like, is there any specific I guess like even just tasks that you just like oh yeah I love this is my jam okay so okay for dive through it has to be just knowing that I'm helping people with this application and knowing that this is a really valuable resource and I'm playing a part in that and that's really that's huge for me and then with Caldor leadership um it has to be uh, so I'm a research junkie uh I'm very analytical uh anybody who knows me knows that uh, and so I love looking at current analytics, creating goals, uh, and finding how, how to get there. And something I say always is, how do we turn engagement into economic opportunity? And that, that, that kind of trajectory and that story lights my fire. Um, and so I love that. And through that, connecting with others, engaging with others, which I think I said at the beginning of the podcast is one of my passions. Uh, and that is what it all ties back to is uh, how do we create this connection and turn that into economic opportunity for an organization for like, like Keldar, who really yep. focuses on those grassroots connections. Have you had any screw ups there? Not yet. Any mistakes? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Not yet, which is, I mean, I'm very upfront about my mistakes. I think it's very important that we always say, you know, what was good, what was bad, because that's how we learn and that's yeah. how we grow. But so far, so it's far, going so good. okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you worried? Because this is something that I actually uh, sometimes struggle with as I kind of sh do this massive career shift for myself is, is am I doing a good job? And like managing that like kind of like little voice in your head and and um and you know like oh like am i doing this correctly and um just getting that feedback yes oh my gosh matt you that's the nail on the head for any young professional i think imposter syndrome oh my goodness <laughs> Um, I have faced, when I was VP external, I was representing uh, 20,000 students uh, every time I went out and talked to someone. Yeah. I was the chair of the Edmonton Student Alliance in tandem with that role where I was representing 100,000 students at once um, whenever I went out and talked to like a city councillor. Um, it, it's crazy because you're thinking, wow, I fooled everyone, but I'm somehow in this position. Uh, but at the end of the day, like it's, 
it's important and I, I do this actually by by writing down what I do and I think this is important is looking back looking back at your steps what have you done to accomplish this mm-hmm. um and and sometimes it is luck but how did you happen upon that luck which connections did you make right um how did you foster those relationships and create engagement and how is that helping you now right because at the end of the day this has happened for a reason and it's very, very likely that you were involved in that reason, right? Yeah. Um, but I face that all the time, especially um, as a young professional. And also as a woman, I would say. Uh, it's hard because uh, sometimes you, you think you're in a position that's out of your depth. Uh, but it's kind of, once again, going back to your skills, grounding yourself, recognizing where you're at, and probably thinking that everyone else is thinking the exact same thing. Everyone's in the same boat. They're like, everyone thinks they're an imposter. And if everyone's an imposter, then everyone is on the same page. So it's huge. And it's like, even for myself, um, me, I, in, in my previous life, I was an international level athlete, uh, medals at world championship level martial art events. And even on the podium I'm like oh like do I deserve this like uh, did I did I do this or am I just lucky like totally yeah. yeah oh my goodness that's that's so relatable yeah so uh that's awesome um glad I'm not the only one. Oh, <laughs> I know literally everyone. <laughs> um <clears throat> so I guess uh what are you doing now to kind of ensure that you're still growing as a leader growing as like a professional yeah, like, absolutely. Do you, do you take any courses or do you have like, do you reading or, or what? For sure. Uh, sorry, I cut out there and I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Um, so I would say, uh, so I had my job with Keldar Leadership, but then I put a call out on LinkedIn um, because as I was acquiring that job, I was still uncertain and the job market right now is yeah. awful for students. And yeah. so I put a call out there being like, I want to be engaged. I want to volunteer. I want to do things with my time. And that's actually how I got the position to dive through. Um, so I, I would recommend anybody to kind of manifest those feelings, write it out there, put it out to your connections, uh, even people you don't know. And actually, I got that position because one of my coworkers uh, at SAMU shared it, um, and and that's how I got that. But in tandem with that, I am I still am doing volunteering amidst this global pandemic. Uh, so I. Uh, actually was recently accepted uh, to the Rotaract Council uh, for our district. And uh, I'm not sure, are you familiar with Rotary? Just a little bit, <laughs> just a little yeah. bit. I did notice, I, I did read that uh, that you are, are you the president there now? No. Uh, president, so, former president of the Rotaract Club? Yes. So yeah. McEwen has a Rotaract club, but I'm the former president and former volunteer coordinator. Uh, but uh, Rotary is an international uh, volunteer organization. Um, and so there's districts all over the world. And that's actually how I learned Japanese, because I did uh, an exchange in Japan through Rotary. Yeah. Um, what was that like? But, oh, my how, gosh. How uh, long were you in Japan again? Uh, just around a year. Yeah. What was yeah. your favorite part? <sighs> I... <laughs> For me, I think it'd be the sushi. 
Oh my gosh. Yes, that. Um, but once again, I'm all about connection uh, and learning. Uh, and so they have a very rich history. Um, and so I, I would go to, and I also really love art. So uh, I love going to art museums, just regular museums, and then also connecting them. Um, and I still have lifelong relationships there. And I actually have a, a, a call with my host family uh, later this week. Great. So uh, very excited to talk to them. But that was years ago. And so I'm still talking with them, engaging with them and fostering that connection. But um, Anyway, so Rotaract Council uh, is a district-wide, so our district uh, takes up about half of Alberta and goes up north as well, and a little bit into BC. And so I was selected to be on the Rotaract Council. And Rotaract is essentially uh, Rotary, but for youth, so 18 and above. Um, and so that's really cool that I get to be on a governing board uh, that's kind of setting the direction and setting the tone for Rotaractors. Uh, and Rotaract as, a, Rotaract as a whole also provides a plethora of professional development opportunities, which I attribute a lot of my growth to Rotary uh, and Rotaract as well. And I'm also was recently selected for the Rotary uh, Community Service uh, District Committee, uh, where I am the sole Rotaractor on this committee. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sharing my perspective and making sure that our community service projects um, are accessible to Rotaractors and also are, uh, you know, injected with that youth perspective. Um, I'm also finishing my degree. So I'm in two courses this summer. Uh, so yeah, one in spring. Yeah, one in spring, one in summer. So just trying to get those courses out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that I'm working on is my Japanese because I mentioned, uh, you know, I lived in Japan. But that was back in 2013, 2014. And so I've really been taking a conscious effort and kind of um, working on my Japanese. But because I've had so much time, I was like, you know what? Like, why not just really get into it and, and, and try to, 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 to develop it as much as I can? Because uh, my major, as I mentioned, is international business. And I do have a focus uh, on Asia, specifically Japan. So working on those kind of relations and working on my language capacities uh, will probably help me in the future. Yeah, awesome. Great. Uh, do you have any further advice for, for these students and these young professionals trying to like move up in their career? Oh, I mean, if it was months ago, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> it's so hard right now. It's so yeah. hard. And so maybe what I would do is instead of advice for youth, I would, I would maybe give advice to established leaders. And I, I, would, I would say to them and I would call them to action to engage with young professionals, engage with young leaders, because we are living in unprecedented times and in multiple ways, right? Post-secondary education uh, is kind of in flux right now when it comes to the budget. Um, the job force is dwindling. Our, our economy within our province is not doing great. And then on top of that, the little sprinkle on top is that we have a global pandemic. Um, so engage with young leaders, sympathize mm -hmm. with them, empathize with them, um, foster them, engage them in mentorship. I think that's a huge... Uh, if you don't have any funds to contribute to, to hire someone for a job, um, at least engage with them and, and provide some kind of mentorship because you definitely have something to offer. And young folks, for the most part, are rather eager to learn and chomping at the bit for somebody to, you know, have that relationship with. Um, and then I guess, I guess for young folks, keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head above water as you've got this. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. And I trust you. <laughs> Great. Um... I guess last thing, what are you reading? Favorite okay. book? 
Yeah. Book actually, recommendations. I'm, Come on. Okay, I, I don't have a favorite book. That's really difficult for me because I actually read quite frequently, but I'm yeah. currently reading and I have it right here. Uh, <laughs> Sapiens. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, Sapiens yeah. by Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, it's a really interesting read. I'm not all the way through yet, probably a quarter of the way through it, um, but it's kind of talking about, uh, you know, history of people up to modern day and talking about those kind of uh, tendencies and um, kind of also exploring it in the business aspect of things. So highly recommend Sapiens. <laughs> Do you pick up uh, Homo Deus, his other book? I don't have it yet because I, I was told to read Sapiens first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Um, How about you? What are you reading? Uh, right now, I just finished uh, Growth Hacker Marketing by Ryan Holiday. And um, then after that, I'm actually reading a book on AI for product innovation. Uh, so it's another kind of like marketing nonfiction book. Very cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoy that stuff. So, um, and I'm taking advantage of the free time. So, yeah. 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 Uh, this is great. Um, anything else that you want listeners to know? I don't have any kind of words of wisdom, but I, <laughs> something that is a personal mantra for me is, uh, and I've said it a few times on this show, is, is meeting yourself where you're at. Um, and this is huge. Um, it ties into what we talked about with imposter syndrome. It ties into what we talked about when it comes to, uh, engaging with people. It comes into it with, with time management. If you meet yourself where you're at, you're able to acknowledge what your capacities are. Um, and something that, uh, I've seen kind of floating on the internet, which I'd like to kind of dispel, uh, is we're in a pandemic and you have, you have a lot of time, so you should be doing something useful. And I think that's trash. I think that's garbage. Uh, I think people deal with stress and people deal with uh, all these different emotions in different ways. Um, I fortunately have the capacity right now to volunteer, to read books, to work on Japanese, to engage in relationships, to be on your podcast. Um, but not everyone has that capacity and that is okay and that is valid and we shouldn't be shaming people um for not having uh you know maybe the same capacities because everyone comes from a different journey everyone is doing their best uh and i think that's really important to acknowledge especially in the times we're living in right now um so yeah i would say i want to leave uh the listeners with meet yourself where you're at and you're doing great yeah awesome thanks um, this has been great. Thanks for coming on. Uh, not sure when this will be out. I am still, like I said, wrestling with, uh, <laughs> with the video production tools. So, uh, and I hope to get it out, you know, in the next couple of weeks, at least, uh, where can people reach out to you? Where can they talk to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Cole Baker, Baker spelled like a cake. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram at hey, it's Cole Baker. Or you can email me at Cole Christine with a K, uh, Baker at gmail.com. Awesome. Uh, and I want to thank you so much for having me on this show. I, uh, I'm i really excited uh, to, to kind of see how your podcast develops. I'm very eager to listen to all the shows. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye now. Nice.